He crashed through the rusted iron gate out into the street, then ran across the road into a dark lane between the houses. He slipped on something soft that squelched under his shoe and almost lost his footing. Spurred by terror, he somehow regained his balance and burst from the lane onto the street where he lived. He cast nervous glances over his shoulder while he fumbled for his keys, then struggled to keep his shaking hand steady enough to get the key into the lock. The door swung open and he fell inside. After scrambling to his feet, he slammed the door and slid the deadbolt and chain into place. His heart pounded in his chest. He thought that he might be about to have a heart attack. Karen, his wife, looked at him from the kitchen with a can of lager in her hand. Did you remember my fags, Martin? And where's the fucking dog? 29th of October, 2008. Lynn Mid Wales. 0649 hours. John awoke from dreams of rage. The cold concrete floor pressed against his naked body and the bitter taste of blood lingered on his tongue. He opened his eyes, wincing at the harsh fluorescent light and tried to stand up. Nausea bubbled up from his stomach. He fell to his knees and retched. Dark brown liquid and chunks of meat splashed across the floor in his legs. He wiped his mouth in disgust and forced himself to stand. The basement door remained closed and was still intact, with the exception of a few new dents in its steel surface. He'd made it. He stumbled across the room and reached up for the key in its hiding place atop the doorframe, but found nothing. Oh shit, please God, don't tell me I ate the fucking key. Again. He checked the doorframe once more, then turned his attention to the shredded pile of rags that had been his clothes. He kicked at the pile and felt a surge of relief as the key skittered across the concrete floor. Then dismay as it came to rest in the pool of vomit. Holding his breath, he retrieved the key from the stinking puddle, unlocked the door pulled it open and ascended the wooden stairs to his house. John emerged from the shower half an hour later, feeling much better. The rank animal musk in his skin had been scrubbed away, but despite washing his hair several times, it still smelled like wet dog. He cleaned his teeth until he saw flecks of blood in his toothbrush. Then he got dressed and went downstairs to make breakfast. Soon the smell of frying bacon filled the house. John poured himself a cup of strong black coffee and turned the portable television in the corner of the room onto the BBC News channel. He returned his attention to the bacon, flipping the rashers over while trying to ignore the rumbling of his stomach. The news droned on in the background. A story about the impending financial crisis in the US election finished and another story began. John wasn't really paying any attention until he heard the reporter say two words. Hi, Moore. He picked up the remote control and turned up the volume. A female reporter stood in a park attempting to look sympathetic and sensitive when it was clear that she would rather be anywhere else than here. Someone off camera held an umbrella above her head in an unsuccessful attempt to protect her hair from the heavy rain. Behind her, men in white forensic suits worked in a taped-off area. One of them picked up what looked like a dog's hind leg and put it in a white plastic bag. Over 20 years have passed since there have been any sightings of the legendary Highmore Beast but today it is feared that it again stalks the countryside after a local man and his dog were attacked in Coronation Park. It was here, by this children's play area late last night, that the police discovered the remains of Samson after they were alerted by his owner, Mr Malcolm Harrison. It is thought that the beast may be a puma or leopard released in the late 1960s when the Dangerous Animals Act was passed. In 1986, a local farmer shot and killed a large puma that was thought to be responsible for a number of deaths in the area. It would seem that without Samson's brave sacrifice, his owner might have become the first human casualty of the Highmore Beast in over 20 years. Police are warning people to only leave the house after dark if necessary, 
not to travel alone, and to avoid wooded and rural areas. This is Kate Monty, BBC News. John's mouth hung open as he stared at the television, unable to process what he'd just seen. A shrill alarm rang out, shocking him out of his stupor. His bacon was on fire. He removed the flaming pan from the gas, doused a tea towel in cold water, and threw it over the conflagration that had been his breakfast. Smoke filled the room. He opened the window, then pushed the button on the smoke alarm. When the alarm refused to stop, he reached up, removed the cover, and disconnected the battery. Then he sat on a bar stool and rubbed his face with both hands. Puma, Puma, my big fat ass! Shit! He walked into the hallway, removed a business card from the table, and dialed the number. The phone rang six times before a man answered. 